Art Next Door, prepared by Tuche Eren. Art Next Door features the independent art scene in Neukölln and Berlin. Free community-based art, socially engaged artistic practice, artist-led project spaces, collectives, emerging and young artists. News and interviews will be broadcast in Art Next Door on Keith FM. Welcome to the seventh episode of Art Next Door, an online radio show at Keith FM and a podcast on Anchor FM. I'm Tucha Eral and I interview Berlin-based artist-led project spaces and collectives about their history and their upcoming projects and exhibitions. In this episode, I talk to Tom Albrecht from Group Global 3000, which is located in Kreuzberg. This conversation took place in German. I hope that in the future I will provide longer English summaries in the podcast descriptions. The second interview in the seventh episode welcomes neuroscience and arts collective Edge. The interview brought together Tatiana Lupashina, Amy Young, Ian Eric Stewart, and one of the artists of the upcoming Edge exhibition, Ashley Middleton. Unfortunately, one of the core members of Edge, Coco Kuhn-Affel, who is currently active for the communications and promotions of their project, was not in Berlin to join the conversation. Edge Interviews extended version will be available as a podcast on Anchor FM. Hi everyone, so this is the seventh episode of Art Next Door. And as part of the show, we will talk about Edge and their art and neuroscience exhibition. This is the third annual exhibition that they are organizing. And so in the first part of this discussion, we will talk about how Edge is founded. And then we will talk about the upcoming exhibition. And here we are with... Tatiana Lubashina, Ayn Young, hey. Ian Eric Stewart, Hello. and Ashley Middleton. Hey. So, could you please first introduce yourself, who you are, and then how you started Edge? Well, I think Amy should start. Uh, I think a lot <laughs> of it came from her original idea. At least I was first approached by Amy anyway. My introduction starts with Amy. <laughs> Thank you very much for that uh, intro intro. Um, yeah, my name's Amy and I uh, studied medical neurosciences with Tatiana, who's um, also a founding member here. And we, uh, on the first days of our course, our master's course in Berlin at the Charité, we had this meet and greet session with all of the other new members, our peers for the next two years. And I kind of in meeting everyone, realized that everyone was very um, talented. They had these other artistic pursuits. And as an international student in a new city, often you can't, it's quite difficult to find this niche. Maybe you're a professional photographer, professional dancer before, and now found yourself with an interest in neurosciences, um, which then led them to study it. And I thought, well, why not get an exhibition together or some sort of showcase so people who had an interest in neurosciences could blend their interests and then put this in some sort of showcase and I was speaking to Tatiana very early on and we decided to do this together and um, and then uh, approached Ian as well and uh, then that eventually led to our first exhibition in 2018. Maybe Tatiana you want to take it from here introduce yourself. Um, hi I'm Tatiana. Yes I have um, 
scientific and artistic background, I'm quite excited to make art myself and also learn about science um, and neuroscience because that happens to be my niche of science interests um, through art. So definitely loved Amy's idea. I was super excited about that when she shared that interest with me. And um, yeah, it made sense to do this exhibition and it was exciting, an exciting way to meet other people interested in the same expressiveness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it started out as this like, very student-oriented um, thing, but then during the exhibition and everyone we talked to, just suddenly it became so much more than this um, showcase and it really we realized that wow this is actually a fantastic way to reach a wider audience other scientists the public like um, people who are just interested the neuro curious as we say <laughs> and uh, like I guess one of the um, big aims for the project was to get people to meet each other um, yeah. so that they could get like whatever project it was that they had in mind um, going if they're in or an artist, but they didn't know much about neuroscience, but had like, you know, a concept that was circulated around consciousness and what is it that's happening particularly in the brain in this moment and how can I express this in an artistic way? Well, um, but they're just lacking like that information. Um, the platform, which is Edge, we were hoping would be like a good space, safe space, a fun space for people to, an easy space for people to meet and network and collaborate um, and also from the neuroscientific side there's many yeah neuroscientists that we met that also didn't maybe have some technical skills um, or maybe the confidence to call themselves an artist because they didn't go to art school or whatnot so um, yeah I think uh, naturally this organically this really happened with the first exhibition um, I mean even in the curation of it the artists uh, the people in the show themselves basically curated um, how how it would all be and how it would all look together, which I think was pretty successful. <laughs> Everyone was happy with that. Ian, <laughs> do you have anything to add? You were in the show yourself. Yeah, I think, you know, I think um, when I started, was in Edge, and the reason I continued doing it is because of what kind of emerged from this first exhibition. For me, where as well, where you had this very human side of neuroscience researchers, and you had this effect of taking the lab, which is a very uh, sterile and detached environment, and bringing it into society. And uh, this really resonated with a lot of what I was thinking about at the time, personally, with you know, science communication and how do you how do you connect the lab and society together. And it's especially going on in Berlin, where a lot of fundamental neuroscience, which is done in animals, is really treated quite antagonistically by members of the public. You know, to the point that, that scientists will withdraw further, and the gap increases further because they're demonized, uh, and you know, they don't have a platform to really explain themselves. There's no real fair human image of scientists, I think. And an opportunity to... For scientists to kind of show work that they've done about their work and an opportunity for artists to come and really engage with scientists and develop work together and then inviting the public in to see this in a way I think has a lot of potential to solve this problem. I think like um, in 
so after the exhibition um, and the success of that, we decided to launch like a, a monthly workshop series. And something that you touched on this creative science communication um, was actually the theme of our first workshop, Creativity in Science. And um, we had a nice presentation by Dr. Craig Garner, who was talking about his father, who was um, a geographer, I think, and spent a lot of time mapping um, the geographies and then creating artwork about that as well. And I think just also as a scientist, realizing that you are a creative every single day when you go into the lab, you're making a decision whether to do this or this. It's very personal. It's very emotional. And like lots of things with your hands as well. <laughs> yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very technical and creative. And I think like recognizing that, I mean, every, nobody does science. <laughs> I think everybody does science because of a passion. It's a quest for knowledge. It's this like, and I think that's somehow lost um, in the public image. Maybe you want to say something about that <laughs> creativity and re art and research. Yeah, we have uh, Ashley is here. She's one of our. Um, uh, she's helping us with curation and also part of our members, um, an Edge member and also an artist in the upcoming exhibition. Sorry to interject. I just wanted to <laughs> give you a space. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the like coming from the art perspective rather than the neuroscientist's perspective uh it's a bit it's very there are a lot of similarities in the world but also like a lot of differences and it's really nice to like i don't know to to flip between both and like see how people are communicating um in each space a lot of like a lot of artworks um that i've come in contact with um so yeah so i'm an i'm an artist curator researcher. I would say I'm mostly a researcher at the moment. Uh, since the lockdown, I've just been, yeah, reading a lot, of doing a lot of research. And so I think that the, the exhibitions and everything that I've been going to, like in the contemporary art world, have had uh, neuroscientific research or science around the body. But then it becomes abstract in such a way that it's it gets the, the, the mission or the, the message gets lost. And so what I liked about sort of stepping into your space is that the neuroscience leads the creativity where if the message gets lost, you, you seem to like pull it back to use creativity to talk about the facts. Well, you know, the quote-unquote mm. fact, the scientific facts. <laughs> the, <laughs> the truths. The truths, the Western science truths of the world. Um, which, you know, is another, it's another sort of problem, is like, where are the facts? And it's interesting, yeah. now that I've like stepped into, I mean, I haven't stepped into the neuroscience world, just I've stepped into like edges space of neuroscientists. <laughs> And the research that I've been doing around that, you know, and you guys have, like, really helped me, and ladies have, like, really helped <laughs> me find research on on certain topics that I've been interested in. And, and as I'm, like, reading these quote-unquote facts around, like, EEG sensors in the brain and brain waves, I'm just, I'm finding it's also just, an, it's another kind of abstraction. It's another system that is... Yeah, that is being used to communicate a certain kind of logic. And in one world, it's the neuroscience logic. In another world, it's the contemporary art logic. And, you know, there's a whole network within each different space. And so it's been nice, you know, flipping between these two and finding my own sort of 
logic, which I would say is maybe less into facts and more into just embodiment and, I don't know, existence or just feelings, <laughs> probably in a lot of feelings. No, no question, just hearing your, your take on, on my creativity. And, yeah, it's quite interesting. I mean, it's, I also am not entirely sure what your piece is going into at the moment because I've not really been speaking to you personally as much about it, so I'm also just like really curious to hear. Yeah, I can speak a little bit about that. So I'm a part of Edge's exhibition coming up this October. Um, they've graciously let me enter <laughs> into uh, both of their exhibitions, and and I've over the past year actually have um, developed and continue to develop a team, uh, which we now have a name. We've, we're called Soma Lab. Amazing. <laughs> which is yeah. So. Uh, just like a step backwards, funny enough, the very first piece that I had to do around neuroscience was exhibited, was done in 2018 in New York. And then I had moved to London and it was a piece of glass that was modeled after um, Santiago Ramon y Cayal, his like uh, drawings, which I thought were really fascinating. I was introduced to him, to his work when I was working in the news and then we did a story on him and I love that he had drawn these parts of the body, like through his, the visions he would see in the microscope. So there was idea that the information about the body that was given to the public had to first go through his body. So it had to go through his <laughs> eyes, his mind, his body, and back out into his hand onto a piece of paper. And that was, you know, those were the, those were the facts of like, this is what your, your, this is what your synapse looks like. This is what the neuron looks like. Uh, and one of the neurons that I modeled this piece after was, um, was from him and it was a glass piece that hung on a wall, was related to this like liquid world. And I titled it Soma. And the title was actually given to me from a, from a friend who like helped me title this piece. And then funny enough, it has Soma as a neuron. It's part of, it's like the somatic nervous system, it's body. Anyway, now today we're, I'm working with like body sensors and working with the EEG sensor. And so now the people who are helping me, who are part of Soma Lab, um, Billiam and Anna, their names are, helping me create an installation that's part of an EEG sensor, which requires Anna, who is a, um, I would say, software developer, software engineer, software guru who can <laughs> code a system and then trans and then Billiam um, translates that to touch designer to make these really cool visuals. I've been working on the sound which make this conceptual water body system part of the installation um, and I'm working on the materials for the installation and projection. And Ian has been also a big part of it helping the research around you know like can we curse on here? Like, what, like what, what the fuck I'm doing? <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. And yeah, and so that the project is coming together and it's been actually really awesome just getting a group of people together. Um, the project and the, the output and the thing that everybody's going to experience and see will be nice as a sort of like a finalized project that will take us into the next stage. But the process itself has just been really awesome. The team has been awesome. We've been working together now for like several months. And yeah, everybody's just really into the concept and just sort of putting their trust into me to make this thing happen, which 
<laughs> they're not clear on what it is. I'm not clear on what it is, but the, the entire process has been really cool. And so that's yeah. so great to hear. I am really, really looking forward to it. Seriously, that sounds really exciting. We should probably mention at this point when and where. Yes, I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Because this time you also separate the exhibition into two parts, no? Yeah. So we have two distinct locations. We did this last year as well, and we really like this concept of, you know, one being in the science world almost, and then one being in the kind of artsy world. And last year we had it in the, the Charité crossover building labs inside the teaching hospital here in Berlin, and the second part in a disused decommissioned power plant. It's really kind of raw and Berlin edgy and uh, edgy, edgy. But um, this year's kind of similar vibe. The, the first part will be in um, the Mind Foundation, a science foundation for psychedelic research. And the second part, um, two weeks later, will be at uh, Alta Münze, a former coin mint in the center of Berlin. And the first part is the 15th to the 18th of October. And that's at Boxhagnerplatz. I'm sure we can send all the information. With an opening. Yeah, with an opening at 6 p.m. Um, on, on the Thursday. 15th. Yeah. And then uh, two weeks later, we'll have the opening again at 6 p.m. on the Thursday, the 29th of October, heading on into Sunday the 1st. And um, yeah, we'll also be part of some events at Berlin Science Week, which is the following week as well. So hit up the websites and stuff uh, for that information. <laughs> uh, yeah, our website, I hope, is pretty memorable. Uh, we bought a .art wow. domain, which is cool. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's just edge minus neuro. Or neuro. Neuro, also, yeah. <laughs> edge minus neuro dot .art. And so what I'm, I have a question. So what's the future of Edge? Like, what's the 5, 10, 12, 5, 10, 15 years <laughs> Oh, it's, no, it's the future of Edge or, you know, where are you guys wanting to continue? We have to? so many avenues spiraling, fractaling out at uh, all many yeah. directions all the time. Maybe Tatiana, you want to jump in? Well, um... Uh, <laughs> First of all, um, yeah, we have this monthly workshop meeting uh, meetups uh, that Amy mentioned uh, on creativity and neuroscience, and we're going to continue to do that as much as possible, hopefully once a month through the year. Maybe you want to just mention a couple of things that we have done and then like what we would probably do. Like what? I mean, we like previous previous um, workshops have been, you know, a movement workshop with a dance therapist. We've done art therapy workshops, film screenings, spatial navigation. Um, we are planning one now on yeah. um, medical illustration. Yeah, um, someone yeah. is coming in to teach us, uh, as he teaches scientists, how to dissect their uh, research into graphics. Um, yeah, yeah, how to do this. Uh, so something like this in the future. We're really open to ideas and definitely continue that on. Yeah, please send us your workspace or <laughs> workshop ideas. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very open yeah. topic, neuroscience and art. Um, but also we'd like to continue having open um, exhibitions on all topics that range in neuroscience and art, but maybe some more specifically um, on more specific topics. It's really about expanding the community and continuing to do what other people want to bring to the public. Our whole organization is um, organized <laughs> by amazing volunteers so um, and artists, 
that need support um, with their tools and um, technology. So we have a PayPal account um, open for donation. Please visit it and feel free to donate or if you have any other ways in which to help us with upcoming exhibitions and workshops, please contact us, which you can find all the contact details and fundraising details on our website. But you also do open calls for the exhibitions, if I'm not mistaken, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So each year, actually, annual exhibitions are actually a response to that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when do you do that, open calls? Last year, we had our exhibition in July, so um, it was like uh, February or so, but this year we decided to do it in October. And we had the open call in March. Yeah, March and April, yeah. I think. So um, something, I think, along those lines next year as well. Um, but um, we would like to have more, um, also smaller exhibitions um, more often. And honestly, we're always expanding our members' um, community. And whoever really wants to head on, like, like organize and really curate an experience that's neuroscience and art related, uh, we're very much open to working with. And ourselves, we're also getting involved in curation of other spaces and like conferences and events and stuff as well. So kind of continuing that, um, we have like quite a good collaboration with the Mind Foundation now. Yeah, I think just like continuing that and like, I mean, eventually it would be amazing to be part of our own space as well, because right now we're we're quite floating around our collaborators and it would be amazing to like one day have a space like this is the science and art space that they've just made and, yeah. and this is where our community is based and also reaching out to different cities definitely yeah. want to get involved and there's been so many we have so many amazing artists from all around the world not only is it multidisciplinary it's very international and I think like having hubs in different places would be incredible yeah and actually having like a workshop space where mm. artists and neuroscientists can meet and talk about and actually build their sculptures or draw yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's honestly I think a dream (laughs) yeah so the five-year plan is Berlin and the ten-year plan is the world (laughs) (laughs) definitely I mean I think our next stop is Amsterdam (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) New York (laughs) Burning Man (laughs) oh yeah for sure (laughs) is there anything that you want to mention specifically or Actually, I like how you ask questions to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Take that pressure from me. Yeah, so I think one of the, kind of to drop on future development again, one of the things that we're looking to develop more and more is supporting also the production development of, of new pieces, mm. right? So the, the exhibitions typically, it's, that's about inviting kind of ongoing or semi-complete projects and maybe helping them having the artists finish it and exhibit it, but... And helping them find collaborations within the... Yeah. Whatever it is, neuroscience yeah, yeah, yeah. or art side that is needed. And um, one of the ideas to expand that is to take this process and really try to bring it into neuroscience research. So uh, approaching scientists and scientific institutes and convincing them to collaborate with an artist or to develop their artistic potential. You need us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, and you know, for that we are, we're a registered association, so we want to support um, grant applications. We're really happy to support, you know, provide help where we can or provide a network. Platform. You know, and, and 
the the workshops as well are meant to also be a real a real social platform. Yeah. Right. So connecting people who have found their way to us through an interest in neuroscience art, and then give them the opportunity to really actually develop that in detail with with the tools that they need or the techniques that they are looking for or just the connections that they kind of were hoping to find or didn't realize they didn't have. Uh, so that would probably be what I'd like to mention is you were also open for, for developing your personal dreams and ambitions. <laughs> <laughs> so but basically, even if the artist is not directly linked with any kind of uh, scientist effort, neuroscience but they have the interest and they are individually artist researchers absolutely exactly. so you yeah. want to actually give them a floor for, for them sure. to collaborate with yeah. scientists yeah. Yeah. even so. maybe yourself could be one of the collaborators yeah. 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 as you was saying that Ashley and and yeah I'm probably okay. a good example yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah but I'm, I'm also very much interested in generally with the scientist and an artist collaborator and recently I was uh, moderating a symposium mm. within that respect and the scientist was actually very skeptical about the artist questions mm-hmm. and then eventually actually the artist proposal transformed into an actual artwork and she managed to extract what she wanted with the help of the scientist but scientists was not sure if this is possible and they mm-hmm. didn't you know, mm-hmm. so it is also kind of an interesting a challenge for scientists. So it's not only artists is actually getting the information from scientists, but scientists has been put into some kind of a interesting position that she or he never managed to ask that question because they are trained for certain limitations that within those limitations they are this what we were talking about this fact what is fact and then actually how far mm-hmm. you can just push that edge and then, then actually they literally push that edge. I mean mm-hmm. science is very hierarchical in many ways and so you can find yourself just doing the things that are like oh the lab is doing this and like my supervisor suggested that I do this and, they, and then you do sometimes forget to answer the questions because you're so involved in the day-to-day struggle of completing this circuit or reading this paper that you it is so good I think I mean in our opinion to be able to have people who do ask questions and poke you and and like you know force you to see it through a different lens yeah exactly yeah Yeah, I think artists are really good at um abstracting things and asking questions where you're like where did they get that like (laughs) where did that come from yeah Yeah, I don't know what it is about artists that like they have such interesting ways of looking at something like you know some of the the friends that I speak to or like the the network that I have and I'll you know you'll go to these openings and you'll you'll have a drink and you'll chat and yeah there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting questions and ways to think about things there's also the way to think about things but there's also it's hierarchical as well there's a lot of ego so it really just Mm -hmm. depends on which network you're in and as I like came through edge I really started to like I started to connect with the neuroscience world and the science world and it's like oh wow like okay my work is definitely taking a a shift and and I started to meet new people and, and people that were engaged in specifically asking questions about the world or about their body or about their consciousness experience and the ego in the art network that I was in really just like faded away because I was now surrounded by a group of people that were humbled by failed experiments. Yes. <laughs> that were failures. 
that we're really having a lot of fun with their failures. And, and yeah, and I think I think that's interesting too, like the relationship between an artist and a scientist um, is that, you know, I can't, I don't know too many scientists, but I think that it's technically thought of as the artist is going to help the scientists think or to, you know, or like the artist is sort of there, like it became, it becomes another hierarchical structure where it becomes the, the artist is there to help the science where the artist is like, okay, well, the science is here to, you know, to help me or like to help the community. And I think when you create um, these like other communities outside of academia or outside of these like very concrete networks, you start to abstract those relations and that's mm. where things really get interesting. But I mean, art can also be quite abstracted from the public and, and oh, science sure. also can. And so I'm like wondering actually what your opinion is like if like artists are talking to scientists and scientists are talking to artists do they come out with something that is relevant for the public not always <laughs> but i think they come out with something that's relevant for them where mm. they're like oh yeah okay this was a major fuck up but i now know something i didn't know before mm. and then i'll take that experience into my next project mm. and that that could be like oh i now know that i can't work with this scientist or I can't work with this artist <laughs> because I need this sort of ex I need this sort of community or I need this sort of energy around me mm. and that impacts my work or that impacts my my thinking mm. or my questions or how I feel and those are all really big parts yeah. of like making whether it's you're making a scientific data or you're making a you know art data I think it does in some way though like because you're as an artist, you're, yeah, maybe as a scientist, you're, you're explaining things to an artist in a way that, like, you wouldn't maybe just talking to your, like, supervisor. And as an artist, you're, like, having to capture the scientist and be like, this is interesting and relevant, look at how I'm going to show it to you. And, like, somehow you then come out with something that the public, like, who wouldn't maybe consider themselves artists or scientists, although I think that the, everybody is both, so, <laughs> um, find relevant. I am. I think it's about the systems. Because I don't know that I really understand about the brain <laughs> as much as I should when does. I'm working on a project around yeah. the brain. But I'm understanding, like the project that I'm working on now, I'm understanding the systems in understanding the brain. And those are both the science systems that are used to evaluate the brain and the technology and hardware that is used to evaluate the brain both in the science field and in the commercial field through you know we're using emotive technologies right now um they kindly let us borrow the plug for emotive they kindly let us borrow their their sensor um and so we're learning like the limitations of that the algorithms that are inside of that what kind of data they're not sharing with us because you know because, because it's commodified and what kind of data are they getting from people's brainwaves and so I'm learning there's like I'm learning about capitalist system I'm learning about the <laughs> scientific system I'm learning about the art system and I think that I don't know where I was going with this but I don't know that there's <laughs> like I'm, I'm not there's no answer like I'm not learning to communicate really a thing in the end I'm just learning how we develop systems to communicate things. 
But at the end of the day, your piece is still going to like reach the audience who are who haven't learned all these things and they're still going to take away so much, I think, from it. And they're probably not going to take away anything that I've learned, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Like, all of the things that I want to communicate, it's probably not going to happen first time around. And I think that that's what, like, the lifetime of science, like, the lifetime of your scientific career or the lifetime of your art career is just figuring out how to say the thing that you want to say and you do it over and over and over with a different art piece or with a different science data I don't science stuff but even having <laughs> like different like, research but even having like different aspects of all those things sprinkled into your art I think makes a person who approaches the art piece question something about it whether it is the art system the science mm. system the capitalist system mm. I think like yeah I mean there's so much to take in when you're looking at an art piece and the first thing is just like why what's the point yeah but um <laughs> Yeah, I think just even you questioning that while you're making it, I think you can say that there will be some questions <laughs> along those lines coming from the public. So I think mm. that questioning in the first place is a first step for learning something about it. So I think that's that's pretty exciting and cool Yeah, as an audience member. <laughs> yeah, and I think creating spaces for that is what's really important. Yeah. Like that's the most... I think that is the most important, is developing a space for people to feel comfortable to ask those questions and not, you know, just sit there and just be like, that's great. I'm always, <laughs> Thank totally, you. I'm always totally dumbfounded in all of the Edge exhibitions and actually all of the events that we've had. Like, you just walk past a pair of people talking and you're just like, their conversations are just so, like, wide-ranging and so deep and, like, really interesting. I think, like... I've just not always obviously it's like some people like where are the bathrooms but in general like, I think um, that yeah I think that we have created that space and I feel really privileged to be able to share it um, yeah yeah I mean a lot of our workshops have been like three hours of people just <laughs> philosophizing at each other yeah, and, like, yeah. which has been interesting really like a challenge cool. for the digital aspect like actually put uh, on a digital workshop yeah i did as well yeah um when corona came lockdown our lives, yes um, yeah. um, i mean i think um it's been challenging to go digital i think a lot of what we've been talking about now with this sort of cross-pollination of ideas and this open networking uh it's not really the same when you put people in a zoom room you know and they and then they just sort of four people together get you know, to know each other now <laughs> yeah exactly you know and you've got 10 minutes mm -hmm. you know and um i mean i've been in so many of those also in different platforms and i always kind of come away with not much you know i come away with you know with an impression of some people but without having anything to follow up on uh and without really also having an, a drive on how to start the conversation, you know, it's not like you walk across the room and you're thinking about what to say, you sort of, you sort of face to face with someone, and, and first I think I'm always quite shocked. So I think, you know, while we are trying our best to, to kind of maintain social connections and also to maintain this, this speed dating kind of, you know, this like throwing people together and shaking it up, it, I really don't think it works as well digitally, so I'm also quite looking forward to doing it in person again that being I'm, said yeah i'm gonna go i'll take the opposite <laughs> but, yeah i mean that being said yeah we we are talking to um and a friend 
Uh, Aaron is working or has helped to found a Yona is the app and it's an augmented reality app that they started to, to use for interior for um, design exhibitions first um, for furniture and is now yeah wanting to collaborate with us to create a digitalized um, exhibition where people potentially get a catalog sent to their their homes and they can put the pieces up around and then scan the the items and then read about them interact with the artists um, like see live videos potentially or like and, and also we can maybe collect data by like you know everyone can type in how that made them feel and then the words get bigger next to the pieces as you're going around so like lots of possibilities also for mm-hmm. I think it's been a really challenging time for the arts for every industry honestly um, most and um, but I think like we could be adaptable and also join in that I think it's some quite exciting possibilities to for, for augmented reality yeah, I think there are a lot of really interesting things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a Zoom meetup where I they had these like breakout rooms and they had questions. And one of the questions was something like, "What is what's the thing that changed your mind the most in 2020? Or, I don't know, maybe they didn't even have a year, but it was like, what changed your mind? And everybody was giving like really, um, you know, formal answers. And, and I just... I just like opened up. I was like, I'm behind a screen. I can be as vulnerable as I want, and I can <laughs> shut the computer if I if I like if I need to. And I just said psychedelics, and I was like, Yeah, okay. So I'm gonna just like open up about like my psychedelic experiences. Didn't realize that the founder of the gallery was in that that group, <laughs> but but it like and then there were other. We talked about other things about like the lack of diversity in in. Um, certain artistic engagements and like how do you bring in you know how do you bring in not white non-white communities without making it um like making it a specific pointed forced yeah without it being forced like in Mm -hmm. a natural way but also like respectful respectful and it can't be so natural that it like exclude you know and so how do you like how do you break the system um because that's really something that needs to happen in in the art world I, I mean I think in a lot of the world for sure in the lot a lot of the world but I can only speak specifically in the art world and so these sort of vulnerable questions and offerings like opened up the space like the mm-hmm. virtual space where I, like I feel like there was a lot of like comfortable engagement with these people like I now am speaking to there was a curator in that room from Istanbul um who I'm now speaking to and she has this really awesome uh startup that she's working with uh with a few other people called art biz tech which is how to get creative like she's working around embodiment or she's working with artists around embodiment and how do you get creative thinkers to impact the systems in the um uh, in the corporate world. Hmm. So how do you like get art out to people who are in the nine to, I would say nine to five, but it's probably like a nine to 10, <laughs> nine to 10 PM sort of job. And yeah. And I like, she's doing amazing things. And now I'm speaking with her just about her collaborative. And, and we might like without yeah. the vulnerability of that, like that, and that freedom of that digital sphere, it wouldn't have happened. I don't think so. I mean, I, I went to that, those meetups once a month and that was the only one where I've um, been engaged with with someone and I think it just yeah I think you can open yourself up and 
you know, some people aren't ready to receive that or to also to match that. But then some people are. And, and I everything's think the, a little bit more chill when you're able to sit there in your pajamas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when you're like stretching <laughs> and, and chatting with people. Yeah, I think that they, I think it enables more vulnerability that doesn't necessarily happen in the physical world as easily. But, you know, also, it, could, it goes either way. Mm. It really just depends. So you were telling me that you might have a new space, actually, for workshops? Right. So, yeah, we used to do all our workshops at top, which I think was pretty great. But now with this collaboration with MIND, which is the, a foundation for psychedelic science, uh, so we curated their conference two years ago, last, last year? year? Last year. Um, and this year, our exhibition's also in their spaces, but... But they do a lot of, of meetups and workshops. And, and so they've got um, just a space that we can kind of come in and out of and use freely as well. Nice. So um, that is in Boxhagener Straße 82. Uh, and 82A. I, 82A, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but we'll have to see. I mean, you know, it sounds like digital could actually be great. Uh, and it's been, it's been going pretty well, right? So, so we have, I think, about as much attendance on digital meetups as we did physical and uh you know they're getting kind of better and better i'm sure and maybe we can have some with augmented reality which sounds really interesting <laughs> yeah but i think something that hopefully will happen more seems to be happening more with edge for sure is interactions also with other institutions around berlin uh and, and you know, it's been great that you know in the third year that we've got now we've have built up a bit of familiarity with some groups and in some scenes and uh and that gives us the opportunity to really talk about you know okay what could we do for each other you know, can we curate things for you uh can we put things on in, in your space can we even talk about you know um connecting you know, the real the research that goes on here directly with uh artists like i've kind of said yeah one thing that that has been coming up is um, whether there is, there's an option of having like these kind of speed dating social mix-ups organized for research labs you know where you're kind of really taking two completely separate groups of you know artists interested in neuroscience and neuroscientists who are interested in art who have never done it before and who both aren't who none of them really are edge members already kind of putting them together in some format but I think I think that reflects I think this this offer also to bring artists into scientists although it, it does have this sort of simplified idea of what an artist is and is kind of you know, re- looking at this interaction between art and science also again is like oh what can what can artists do for scientists and what the scientists need you know um, I think it's also kind of recognizes the the value that is added by having someone whose who's work practice and whose experience is in conceptualizing and thinking about also the implications of, of developments in, and, uh, in technology and science and, and thinking about society and, and in that kind of way as an artist does, you're recognizing the value of that skill set 
One thing that we haven't done so far um, that I think would be really interesting and that kind of, so we talked about artists needing scientists, scientists needing artists, but a lot of the questions that we get as scientists or artists come from people who are just like, so how are men and women's brains different? Or so why, you know, what happens if I do this? Or like, what is love in the brain? And I think like these questions that you get quite often that it would just be fun to have themes because then you can be sure and like, you know, hot topic themes of memory or whatever. And then if you have a theme, then you can be sure that it's something that is like interesting for the public as well. And then both science, like all science artists and, and anybody interested. We haven't done that yet because we were really starting up and our community was like just growing and just whoever had an idea and an, an inception, you could just throw it in the mix. But I think in the future, it might be interesting to have kind of more themed like events as we as we grow and uh, can can reach out to more people so it might be an, also an interesting idea to like mm -hmm. to keep it relevant for the people who ask the most questions yeah yeah i think that's a really important thing that we can do that will allow people to come in more and sort of say oh i have these questions here already mm. you know, and i want to know the science to it and the, the knowledge that science produces is this is actually a resource it should be absolutely an open resource but you know, to get there, you have to go through quite, as a, as a non-expert, you have to go through quite a lot of layers of obfuscation and complication and also having to pay academic journals, mm. which, fuck them. Um, <laughs> so, so, you know, hopefully we just get more and more opportunities to, to treat scientific knowledge as the resource that it is and give people the access to it that allows it then to, to develop their ideas around it, develop their art about it and bring it to the, the public. Thank you so much for your time. It was very, very nice to hear about the details of the Edge and upcoming events, Ashley's work. Ashley, you know what? That's why I like this interview. That yours, You were just saying that I'm not sure how much it will be understood and how much it will communicate. But when you had that kind of a conversation mm -hmm. and then when you share it, actually, then it makes a kind of a different visibility and an understanding with that kind of oral information. So, yeah, thank you for sharing it. Yeah, thank you for doing this. This is amazing. Thank you. And thanks for inviting me to participate. Thank you so much, DJ, as well. Thank you. 15th to the 18th of October, 29th of October to the 1st of November. Two locations, check it out. <laughs> what are the opening times, though? For 6 p.m. Uh, visiting hours. Visiting hours. Ah, uh, 6 p.m. Thursday and Friday, 6 to 10, and then 10 till 10 on the weekends, with the main things going on at 4 and 6 p.m. on the weekends. You have to do two-hour slots because it's Corona. We have to, you know, keep it. This is the website for the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 www.edgeminusneuro.art. But you don't have to put the www in. Https colon slash slash www that's for the podcast version <laughs> so of course <laughs>